genocide is the most exhausting activity one can take part in, next to podcasting. Hello and welcome to Ribbon of Memes, episode 52. This is a podcast where we interrogate films previously described by other non-believers as masterpieces. I am joined as ever by the righteous Roger. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears just about now. <laughs> that's it. That's a good opening quote. Um, uh, I am Nick, and we are today, uh, still in 1999, discussing our first Kevin Smith film, the uh, religiously-oriented Dogma. Hmm. Uh, yeah, first of his I had seen, in fact. I have seen uh, Clark's. This is very mm-hmm. diff. Well, it's different and not different, but maybe we'll come <laughs> come on to that. Uh, but it is the story of, well, uh, not quite a war in heaven, but I suppose the aftermath of the war in heaven. It's a cat dripping in Catholic law story of two uh, earthbound angels who seek to find a back door back to heaven, thus uh, breaking one of God's. Um, uh, not commandments, but one of his um, pronunciations, I suppose, proving God to be wrong and thus unravelling all of existence. That's not actually their primary purpose, but that, that is, we are told, the effect that this would have. It turns out that's what's probably going to happen if they do it. Um, um, it's basically Neil Gaiman with cock jokes. <laughs> as far as I can tell, that would be my very short summary of Dogma. Um, yeah, it, it's very interesting. I mean, he, they do give, uh, Kevin Smith does, he's primary script writer here, um, mm. several acknowledgements, uh, in the credits, but Good Omens is not in here, uh, Neil Gaiman uh, and Terry Pratchett, of course. And, and that would be the, the, sorry, that would be the, the literature I'm most familiar with. I'm not Catholic or, ne- nor ever have been, and I have no plans to be. So that's, <laughs> to be honest, that's my deepest dive into lore is, both that and Neil Gaiman's uh, Sandman series, which he does similar sort of things. Yeah, that would probably have been the, the main reference people would have known. Uh, the other one that strikes me as, gosh, it's quite surprising that it isn't here, is In Nomine, which is the 1997 role-playing game written by Derek Piercy uh, after the 1989 French In Nomine Satanis and Magna Veritas. Right, and that's the, very that much was based first... around this Catholic law. Well, yeah, it's, I think law is about the right, right turn. I, I was brought up Catholic. I got better, right. uh, which okay. actually puts me, uh, at Kevin Smith at this point had been brought up Catholic, but was in the process of getting better. And uh, one, one of the traditional. Was, uh, a, a practicing Catholic at the time of writing this. He was, yes, but he was drifting away. And okay. by the end of it, and certainly by a few years later, he, he had, you know, yeah, you hadn't taken up a, a formal opposition or anything like that, but he was not a regular churchgoer. I gather this was, again, I may be putting words in his mouth, but I think I've read somewhere part of the motivation for writing it was to sort of voice some questions he had about Catholicism, or at least try and open some debates about it or, or mm. something. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, the, the basic idea, uh, as you just said, you know, here, here is this... If, if you go through this archway, um, we, we are resurrecting the idea of the, sorry, plenary indulgence. Therefore, <laughs> all your sins are forgiven. And if you, if you then die before you commit any further sin, you will be directly assumed into heaven because you'll be dying in a state of grace. Yes. Uh, 
and these angels have been told you may never leave heaven. So their plan is to enter the uh, the plenary, so uh, never plenary indulgence. Yeah. Uh, that's right, and then become human, or become human first. For which uh, there is no theological precedent. Uh, okay, I was wondering if that was part of the law, because their, their plan is to cut their wings off, thereby making themselves human, uh, and then die almost immediately after mm. coming out. Uh, but, you know, it, it's built on sand. It, there are lots of theological words in here. It, it, it did actually feel to me a lot like the sort of thing a first-year theology student would come up with. You know, you've got this and okay. this. If you jam them together, there's a contradiction. A second-year theology student will say, yes, there are contradictions all over this thing. <laughs> right. It, theology yes. is an utterly imperfect human edifice for understanding a thing that humans are not able to comprehend, to wit, God. Okay. Uh, so yes, fair enough. I, I have known a number of both. Um, <laughs> but I, I think because of that, because I know enough um, of of this sort of line of argument, it, it feels... I mean, it, it's, it's shallow. It's, okay. I read this stuff and they come up with this idea rather than I talked to a theologian and he came up with this idea. And this, this is not necessarily a bad that... thing, but when it when it hits me knowing a little bit about this, I think, yeah, it's fine, but it's superficial. Okay, because so, it's the sort of thing theologians spend their lives defending and arguing about, and, and this would be pretty low down on their list of stuff. To, to be fair, the theologians I've known are, are mostly very sensible people, and, and that okay. they would specifically not spend their lives arguing about this, mm-hmm. because it's obviously silly. Uh, okay. So. I, so I suppose to me, um, knowing, you know, nothing but the very basics of Catholic law, uh, it's, it seems at least internally consistent, which mm. is what Mostly, I'm yeah. interested in for a narrative. Um, you know, if a narrative's going to work for me, it's got to make sense sure. in itself, and it, and it, it does seem to here. So I guess from that perspective, the plot, uh, worked for me. I mean, it wasn't, um, even to me, it didn't feel desperately uh, original. I, and what I mean by that is just the shape of the narrative felt very predictable. Mm. Well, for me, I think it's... You know, if, if you had a film about a disaster at a nuclear power plant and everybody's running around saying, if we don't do this, there will be a nuclear explosion. Yes. It's that level of, no, you've just basically got this wrong. It It, it can still be consistent. It can still be, even be a good story. But that that bit where you're relying on me to say, yeah, yeah, this is this is an actual thing that people believe. Well, no, there there is nobody who would believe this. No, no, it, okay, no one would seriously think that would happen. And even in Catholic law, as I keep referring to, because that's uh, basically uh, to I, me, I, I think it's that's law a reasonably val- value-neutral term. I mean, yeah, whether you believe it or not, here, here is this body of stuff that you can yes. learn that has accreted around the the, the core of the religion. Uh, that probably yes. has to be a heretic just to say that. Uh, <laughs> but just, but no just one... to go back to uh, okay, Good yeah. Omens and In Nomine, um, I'm, I'm quite prepared to believe that, that uh, Kevin Smith hadn't read either of them. But when he then goes to something like the, the uh, Gregory is the Choir of Angels Who Are the Watchers, that, that's pretty darn obscure. And, right, and yeah. most people who know that in this century know it because of In Nomine. Okay. Or because they're okay. that sort of theologian. So... <laughs> Um, he's obviously so done a end... certain amount of research. Yeah, okay. Whether it's in nominee or scripture or something. I think that it felt to me... Oh, no, 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 to... not scriptural. Goodness, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, um, it felt 
like, oh, I don't want to say like a smart script because we'll probably come on. It felt like it had uh, things, you know, it touches on um, racism within the Catholic Church. And, you know, in this, Jesus'ism uh, was clearly black. We have a, a female god or a god that chooses to depict itself as female. We have discussion about, uh, you know, how women are demonised in the Catholic Church. So, you know, it is... Um, it's a script with a lot of heart, I would say. You know, mm. it, it's 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 got feeling, and you know whether I don't know how true that is to the Catholic faith, but it, it feels like it's got things to say about Catholicism. Uh, yeah, and isn't a I'll, totally I'll, dumb. Mm, I'll, I'll come back to that. Okay, okay. Because there is an elephant in the room, which most people at this point historically weren't aware was an elephant in the room. Okay, but yeah, uh, for that matter, I mean. The, the thing is, it, it, it's not just the simplistic stuff. You, you could very easily make a simplistic thing bashing religion in which the, the cardinal who's saying, yeah, we want to make Catholicism fun. Here, and here, here is the buddy Christ in, instead yeah. of, instead of that tedious crucifix. Yeah, but. Played by the famous atheist, George Carlin. <laughs> but a lot of people would say, and I, I, I mean a lot of religious people would say that your conception of the Christ should not be just this suffering distant figure. Uh, the, yeah. this, this is somebody who's doing the thing for you, who can be a help to you. And if it helps you to think of him as, as the smiling guy putting his thumb up, well, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, yes, I, um, I, well, because that's As long as you opening. don't forget the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the opening of the film, The Buddy Christ and George Carlin as, uh, the Archbishop. Um, I suppose I've danced around the fact a bit that this is a comedy. And I've danced around it because uniquely, perhaps, between you and me, I didn't have much of a sense of humour about this film. I just, frankly, for the first... Okay, I watched the first hour of this film and I just hated it. I just thought, I don't... I don't... I wasn't, like, uh, offended or upset. I just... I didn't find it funny. I could not bear... And I knew I didn't like Jay and Silent Bob much before I watched this film. Hmm. And I didn't like them a lot here. But it opens with... um, I'll change... That's not my whole opinion. um, (laughs) uh, It opened with this... It felt like zany kind of... Almost like... I don't want to... I don't want to disparage Mel Brooks particularly, but it felt like this very obvious on the nose kind of ho ho Catholicism now. It felt a bit on the nose and a bit too jokey, and I thought that was going to be the tone of the whole film. Honestly, this kind of mm. very broad comedy about religion, and it took me a while to realise the film really isn't that at all. Um, it's much more serious weirdly than that and it takes itself more seriously and the whole point of this was really just to create the plot point that the angels can enter this um this corridor mm. uh and and come out uh washed of all their sins but it really uh, you, you, you could certainly them. argue that this, this is a thing that is way outside what i won't say any but very nearly any catholic would consider could would consider important i mean the existence of indulgences was one of the uh, doctrinal reasons of the Reformation. That is not forget. Well, I, I, so. I was going to say, I'm assuming this is a pre-Reformation medieval thing, um, uh, and to resurrect it, as you say, haha. Um, uh, and the, the Catholic Church, to some extent, reformed itself. 
But the, this, this and, opening... And that, that has not been done since. ...of this comedic... I, I suppose I just could not imagine a world where that would happen in any Catholic church mm. that I could ever imagine. They'd make up so something it, new rather than bring back a thing that people would say, oh, this is that really bad thing you did 400 years ago. It, it just, yeah, it felt, uh, it felt like, oh, we're in a zany comedy, I see, and I, I wasn't really in the mood for it because I didn't find it that funny. And I think that really cooled me for the first hour, uh, for the first hour of the film. Mm. How did you feel? Did you respond well to the opening? You, you don't, um, you've not seen Kevin Smith before. I, I, I didn't get that feeling. I, I, I didn't really see it as particularly comedic, apart from that very first sequence. Yes. Which, okay. as you say, is, is really just the setup. On the other hand, um, I would quite happily listen to and watch Deadpan Alan Rickman all day. So. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. I I think I was just in a mood by then because when he turns up with his kind of London twang, I just I mean he's 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 very good. I just didn't find it funny either. Being Fair deadpan enough. about I've got no penis, I just I didn't. That, I that was know. a bit heavy-handed, but there's a lot of heavy-handed. Yeah, but that's one of the first things he did. Mm. I think that's it. It just veers over into heavy-handed quite a lot mm. and quite early. To the point where I'm like, oh, really? I, I, I don't know. It was almost like an anti-funny reaction. I'm very prepared to accept that so I, I wasn't in the right mood or I was just feeling grumpy because I, 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 did I have a similar experience with Clark's? Not quite. It's not quite as over the top, but I, I didn't love it. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think I was just in a mood and having a bit of a sense of humour failure when I started it. Yeah, I certainly did find it a relatively easy watch. I mean... What what you've been saying sounds like the way I felt um, about Magnolia to start with until I got into the swing of it. So. I, yes, it feels like we had the reverse reverse opinion there, yes. Uh, because I stopped watching it after an hour and came back to it uh, with some reluctance and then just really enjoyed it right mm. to the end, weirdly. And I, don't, I, I think I was just in a better place. It, so it, it definitely I, does, I would say, pick up the pace in the, in the second half. I feel like it becomes less overtly comic and starts trying to say things more interesting. Hmm. There's less Jay. There's not less <laughs> Silent Bob, but yeah. it's not Shut Silent up, Bob Jay. Silent Bob. Shut up, Jay. Well, should we... I, um... That could have been a catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. If he'd been the, uh, shut the fuck up, Donnie, from the Big Lebowski, then I won't have enjoyed it. I, I feel... So Jay particularly... So Jason Mewes is um, a good friend of Kevin Smith, I believe, and has had a lot of struggles with... Um, drugs yeah uh, uh, at, at this point during filming he had just learned that if he stayed clean for three days before the weekly drug test he could have fun the rest of the week oh, God. he was also however so worried i read about acting with alan rickman uh i.e actually having to act that he memorized the entire script not just his parts mm. um so he was and i think that was because kevin smith impressed upon him that there were serious <laughs> actors in this film as i understand it, he's basically a guy kevin smith knew at school and thought you know i just don't see people like this on film i want yeah. to put this guy on film and see if he amuses other people the way he amuses me and for me the answer is no but it's high again. He feels like a person. I, I, they've just done a Jay and Silent Bob reboot, so I'd be interested to see how he. I gather it again. He's got warmth and heart. In. I just, I don't find a character who every time he opens his mouth is asking the female lead to have sex with him. Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, and he was homophobic and, and kind of openly misogynist. I don't know if 20 years ago I would have found that funny. Maybe I would have done. I mean, I, I didn't have this reaction to, like, Wayne's World, which I suppose comes from a similar Oh, that, that is a... that The first one, the only one I've seen, is a film that I, I detest for very related reasons. Well, yeah, but... I remember you saying that you had, like, a visceral reaction to it. I, I didn't, but then I haven't watched Wayne's World recently... But I just, uh, aside from the, uh, I suppose I feel like the film wants you to be like, oh, despite all this, he's a good guy. And I just, I don't, <laughs> I didn't see the evidence for it. Mm. Um, to some, I didn't find it cute or funny. Well, I, th- I think it would be arguable to say that he doesn't really have an arc, but and, no, he's, no. and he's not supposed to. I mean, no. he's always being being the, the, this uh, asshole who. Whether or not you you may feel his heart is in the right place, I don't think he actually does anything particularly to show that either. No, he doesn't. And so I just feel that the film thing. But then maybe that's me just being grumpy. But I, I did find he, uh, I, fortunately, he faded into the background because, as you say, he has no arc and not really much agency. I, I was wondering whether, the whether they, they'd have more resonance as a double act if you've seen them before. Uh, I certainly got the feeling that they were meant to be at, at least at times the comic relief from other people being serious. Well, they drop in uh, in Clark's, and I think they're in. I think they're most in everything. Of his other early films, um, uh, and Silent. But I, uh, it's hard because you know it's Kevin Smith, and I don't know quite what I'm supposed to make of him because he actually does have well, not quite a heroic arc, but he he does a lot of the dramatic stuff in the film. Mm. Um, like he throws the angels off a train, and he beats um, uh, the the demon um, as Azrael, is it Azrael? Um, but he destroys him with a holy golf club. Um, uh, uh, I, 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 I will I, admit, I, I, I would forgive him a lot, even even if it weren't a matter of this is Kevin Smith. I'd forgive him the, forgive the actor a lot for for, for the line "no tickets." <laughs> yes, okay, I'll give you that. I mean, Kevin Smith is clearly a film geek um, and does a lot of. And, and I must say, if you're going to give Silent Bob any words at all, uh, throwing people off a train and saying "no ticket" is is very good. Um, yeah, I, I warm to the film a lot. I mean, a part of that is, I mean, this film is very well cast with one exception to me. I mean, again, Jay and Silent Bob feel like uh, a vastly expanded uh, comic relief that didn't need to be put in. And it felt mm. really like, um, uh, you know, they're very much Mary Sue type characters or at least, you know, in that ballpark of I want these in my film. But ignoring those and getting past them, you know, we have... Um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, when they are at their height of their everyone loves Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. And frankly, I can see why in this film. They've got tremendous charisma together. Yeah, are... apparently the the reason Matt Damon uh, was given this part is because Smith saw Goodwill Hunting that, that they were both in. Yes. Uh, and they're right. I just like that double act chemistry and, and I want that in this. Yes, it was going to be um, Jason Lee who plays um, uh, the demon. Mm. Um as uh, as Ben Affleck's character, who's uh, the angel I've forgotten the name of, Loki. No, that's Matt Damon's character. Uh, um, Bartleby. Bartleby. Uh, but yeah, for that reason, they changed it. I think it was a wise decision, because they are very good in it. L- Loki is Matt Damon. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I read they, they are interesting characters. They're sort of complicated characters. They behave like... You know, they behave like angels, i.e., extremely powerful beings who don't think a lot of humans particularly. Um, yeah, I, I, I yeah, that, that that was the double act that that I enjoyed when when we got back to them. 
Oh, absolutely, yes, yeah. And um, I suppose it went a little... I did predict kind of what was going to happen, happened um, in that, you know, we had a Loki sort of redeemed himself and then Bartleby goes nuts and I, I sort of thought that was the way it was going. Um, mm. But they sold it to me. I think they were very charismatic in it. Alan Rickman, I preferred it when he calmed down. You see, he opens with this, like, I'm going to drop my pants uh, to the female character. And I just, again, it was a bit... Um, on the nose, <laughs> shall we mm. say. But when he's talking about, um, you know, his regrets that he had to tell a 12-year-old Jesus um, these things, he sells it. I mean, he mm. has a ton. Of, he's Basil Expedition, Exposition in this film, and he, he does it quite well. I didn't find him especially funny. I'm prepared to accept mm. that maybe that's me being grumpy, but he is very good. Well, at it's, it, it's, he's delivery. not saying funny lines, but but his deadpan delivery is just something that works for me. Yes, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we we should mention Linda Fiorentino, and hmm. I don't know. No, yeah, you know, it, it's a part I have some sympathy with. Um, she she does it competently. She does it well. I think the problem is she's supposed to be, and in in terms of the characters we've got. Ah, I wonder. To me, she was aiming for the everyman and not quite hitting it. And I wonder if maybe Joe and Silent Bob are supposed to be the everyman here. But she, to me, she came over just a bit too flat, a bit too uh, yeah. specific. I have these, these, uh, this bit of backstory. I, I agree. To me, she is. Unfortunately, she's that she's the one that stands out as not working for me. Her reactions are just a bit too cool and a bit too muted she's mm. very um uh, aloof almost uh now would i think that if she was playing uh, a guy i think i probably if she was playing a guy if this was a male uh, protagonist i probably would i think i just i don't oh yeah I, 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 I don't think the flatness is, is interacting with her um femaleness no i i but i i yeah i agree i i just some people, I, I was reading around it, and people thought she was a bit miscast. Um, I would agree with that. Um, other I wouldn't say that. Did. I mean, I might say misdirected. Um, if if, well, if she'd pepped it up a bit, yes, I wanted just to as, a at bit... a performance level, then I think that could have worked. And it, it is all right. It's she is the only significant female character. Um, you could argue about uh, serendipity, but she is explicitly yes. not female. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, and Lord at the end, and her, her great tragedy is that she can't get pregnant, and at the end she's pregnant. Nobody asked her if she wanted to be, but, you know, hey, happy ending. Well, that's... <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it had some um, basis in Catholic uh, law, should we put it that way? So I, I, I sort of went with it. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Mary consents. It's quite specific. Right. Okay. Fair she she may not be as fully informed as one might like to be, but she but she is well aware of what's going on. Okay. Yeah. All right. That is a very interesting and important distinction. I I, I will admit that I did keep wanting her to be played by Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza, but Aubrey Plaza was fifteen when this was made, so you know it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> I I mean I love Aubrey Plaza. In I mean I know her from um, Parks and Rec. Um, I'm not sure I'd want to see a film with her character as the protagonist. I um, have I've seen seen a couple of things she's she's been in as lead or near lead, and it works. So yeah, right. Uh, safety not guaranteed. Uh, she was very good in. Okay. Uh, 
Life After Beth, I've heard good things about, haven't seen it yet. Uh, she's uh, in season one of Parks and Rec. She's the only watchable thing, but maybe that's just me. I don't really do sitcom. <laughs> um, all right, fair enough. I, I've I've liked her in everything I've seen her in. Put it that way. I felt I feel like the joke for Aubrey Plaza, and I guess we're discussing someone else now. But the the Aubrey Plaza there works for me because the joke is that she's so deadpan and so mm. uninterested in anything, even when she probably should be. And I I don't know if that works. I well I felt like. Linda Fiorentina does that I don't know, less charmingly or less believably or uh, I don't know, given what she's seeing I would have liked to see some, some a bit more engagement, but there we are I mm. don't know, it didn't quite work for me That um... So a, a relatively minor role but one that worked for me much better than I expected to, uh, Chris Rock yeah, interesting. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not a comedy fan uh, for obvious reasons, uh, and he and he normally, when I've seen him in all the things, he, he does that whole motormouth comedian thing. Yeah. Um, but here, he's got actual things to say, and it works. Um, it, I think a lot of um, black comedians do that whole wide-eyed thing because, yeah, obviously, it's more obvious by contrast yeah. with the skin. Just the contrast. Yeah. And and it, it it's a mugging, and here it actually works because. He's, you know, genuinely scared or angry or whatever, rather than just I'm trying to get a laugh now. I mean, I wouldn't say he's in any way different to Chris Rock I've seen in any other situation. Um, but maybe the subject. I, I, I found him much less annoying, put it that way. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I think he, when he was introduced, I was still in my oh really um, <laughs> phase, so uh, I was irritated at first. But he get yeah, he gets interesting things to say. He becomes his own interesting character, and I, and I agree. He Could have been not... Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, I but... read that. I... <laughs> well, it's a tribute to Chris Rock then that you know my gut reaction to. Oh, would that have worked as well? You know, and that must mm. be a sign that Chris Rock did something right because yeah, you wouldn't normally think that if someone suggested Samuel L. Jackson uh, for someone else. Mm. Um, I, I wonder if uh, uh, Sam M. F. Jackson might have been too too cool for school there or too yeah. too much the centre of... That's probably doing a disservice to him. But I, I agree, Chris Rock grew on me because um, he's... Well, because he gets good lines, he gets interesting things to say. I mm. liked the... Um, uh, unrelated to Chris Rock, but I like the scene on the train with Linda Fiorentina. That's when I start to warm to her character, um, where she's talking to Bartleby. Mm. And they're discussing their, you know, uh, they almost connect, and then they both go off in totally different directions after mm, that scene. Yeah, um, yeah. And that was a that was a nice, nicely written and nicely played scene by both of them. Uh, I mean, there she's supposed to be very drunk, and I think that's why it worked for, for me. <laughs> uh, that kind of shtick. Um, but yeah, the the acting, I I do think that the performances are very good. I mean, I suppose we're coming off the back of. Um, uh, the one in my mind is Magnolia, though. I think we've done another one in between. <laughs> uh, but if you're comparing acting performances, then Magnolia's going to win that, I'm mm. afraid. Um, but they were they were believable, interesting characters. And by, by the second half of the film, I really was starting to feel like, well, this script is a bit more interesting than just Buddy Jesus and Angels. Uh, oh, they like killing humans. Um, uh, I thought that it had more to say, and it started to engage with... At least the problems Kevin Smith had with Catholic um, 
uh, dogma, I guess. It's interesting, despite the name, it's not really a very dogmatic film mm. in that it doesn't lay down the law particularly on you. It just, it, it is quite open in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, and it, it is do- doing quite a good job, I think, of saying the thing that religious people often need to hear, which, at least in my experience, which is, yeah, God, but also be nice to people. It's kind of important. Yes. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mentioned that before. But I do feel this is a film with a lot of um, heart. It's not blindly following Catholicism. It's not particularly having... I know that a lot of people objected to it, notably not the Catholic Church officially, though, but it's not just having a... a yeah, the, the Catholic of... League in the US is, is a kind of weird organisation. Uh, basically, um, Bill Donoghue, uh, who former sociologist, uh, took it up in ninety uh, three after the, the previous guy, uh, the founder, had, had uh, died and yes. somebody else had been in charge. And he he is basically a publicist. Anything that could conceivably be regarded as touching on Catholicism in any way, he will be there. Okay. Get, yes. Getting, getting the publicity. So, you know, this is about Catholic theology and it is not completely orthodox, therefore it is bad. It is the worst thing ever. Um, yes. It, it's one of those organizations, I think, that starts off as, yeah, it, it was founded in, in the seventies, at least in theory, to, um, try to fight discrimination against Catholics. In, the, yeah. in, in civil life in the US. But it, it's one of those things that's become an embarrassment because, you know, they, they, they always treat everything the church does as absolutely perfect and everything anybody else does is absolutely wrong unless it agrees with the church. And yeah. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? What are you supposed to? I, 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 what I liked about this film is that it does, I, from an outside point of view, that's how it feels like the Catholic Church is supposed to be. Hmm. But here it, it does show you some kind of wiggle room, some room for humanity and heart and uh, different views within Catholicism. I could, you know, if this was a geeky um, uh, uh, set, you know, if this was an entirely fictional world, um, I'm not going to get into whether it is or not, but if it was an entirely fictional set of uh, characters and and stories, I could see myself getting into it. um, Well, I think it's worth considering none, none of them is in the church in a conventional way, except for the cardinal. Yes, yes. Well, you do have the so. So, what people believe doesn't really matter. They don't. They don't believe. They don't need faith. They've got actual evidence. Well, it does talk about faith and uh, loss of faith and uh, how you need more faith to fill you up. And, which which uh, is apparently yeah. thing a thing Smith himself was told by a priest when he was going through his various uh, spiritual wanderings. Yeah, it sounds like a good thing to say that doesn't really mean an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, it was, it's it's an interesting. Uh, I I liked it. I think I appreciate appreciated it more as a story than as a comedy. Mm, uh, yes, I, yes I, I don't regard it as primarily a comedy. No, the the things it thought again. There were some standout moments like no ticket, um, which I did like. Oh, there, there was one little shot that I I thought was a, a minor bit of genius um when bethany is, has had had her first uh discussion with the voice and wakes up and it, it's that classic you know i wake up was it was it a dream was it not a dream and then i find the bit of evidence under the pillow yes. and the bit of evidence is the maracas <laughs> yeah yes, yeah. yeah that's that, that's yeah. good that was if you're going to do that uh, well-worn scene then put a spin on it yes that was nicely done 
Um, I very much appreciated Alanis Morris. Marisette and mm. there's God. I think she was there. She has got a weird sort of ethereal quality to her. Um, I, well, I haven't seen in anything else, but yes, uh, she's, it certainly works here. Yeah, she does look like a deity I could get behind. Um, and the uh, the voice of God, the whole idea that mortals are not able to listen to the voice of God and have to have Metatron, is that part of Catholic Lore, or is that then... not not a thing I've come across? I mean, it it, it might it might be, but I, I I certainly wouldn't regard myself as an expert. The other plot point, again, which may be um, dubious uh, as far as a strict interpreter, I like the idea that um, uh, that God was trapped within a human form and couldn't get out of it, and then was being kept alive on this ventilator. Um, it was it was nice. It felt like a strange leap of understanding that uh, uh, Linda Fiorentina's character suddenly worked that out and very quickly mm. um, sorted out the problem. I did, I'm, maybe I missed the breadcrumbs there that led her to that point, other than this character had just been mentioned once or twice. Um, but I like the conceit of it. I like the idea that that's how it was all happening. Yeah, One of the things that uh, some religious people complained about was, was the idea of uh, Mary having descendants. And okay, I, I will do a bit of theology geeking here because the the doctrine of the perpetual virginity of Mary doesn't actually show up until the late second century. Okay, and and it only really get, it, it's not mentioned at all before then, and it only gets traction in the fourth century as the monastic movement starts to gather pace, and and they're saying you know celibacy is the ideal, and therefore you know we've got to have 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 an example of somebody who was celibate. Well, that's who better than the mother of God? Yeah. But you know, until that, so it is doctrine now, but it has not always been doctrine. So, and that—that's the thing. Um, anybody with any sense of history, which is going to be anybody who's studying theology, is going to know that it's changed over time. There is no, yes. you know, great big revelation that says this is the way it is. It, it, it's well, a it's a human endeavour to try to work the thing out. So, I mean, I may regard it as utterly pointless, but he, but <laughs> but even a theologian would say yes that that is that's how that's it works. The point, the pointlessness of it. Um, yeah. Well, again, I don't uh, believe any of it for a second, but I appreciated it as a interesting world building. I guess from my geeky perspective. Um, but yeah, so I don't know the intricacies about that. That didn't feel like a huge. Or controversial revelation to me. Mm. Um, I guess it's well worn. Well, I mean, had the Holy Blood and Holy Grail come out by then? I think so. Uh, I don't know if it had by then. Probably, I think it was eighties, wasn't it? Uh, I have. I feel like it was eighties, but yeah, I probably. certainly was aware of it around about then. In fact, I'd read it. I read uh, it yeah, nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it felt like not new territory to me, or particularly controversial. I mean, if, if, if you want an actual heresy, look at the state of the Merovingians, and these are supposed to be the descendants of God? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, fair point. Um, but it, it didn't feel like... Well, I, again, another thing I liked about the point, it wasn't just having a kick at Catholicism for the sake of it, it was... Um, yeah, it felt like a a story... That was a bit fanciful, but to explore some religious questions, which frankly don't have a lot of meaning to me, because I, you know, they wouldn't trouble me in the same way. But I appreciate the story. Right, it seems to me that the point of it is is not whether the particular evolution will work, but the the comments on yeah, the, this this is how 
religiosity can be a good thing yeah. as opposed to a dead static form of worship. And yet, let's not forget, the Cardinal is trying to get away from that dead static form of worship too. Yeah, That's the I thing I like. Well, it had won me over by opening with it and me in a grumpy mood. I didn't like but it won me over by the end to understand why, yeah, there's an evolution to the church and why that's a good thing. Um, and again, as you say, while it may seem to us uh, heathens as a, a pointless endeavour, it, it felt like it, it showed some, I, I suppose, if anything, it was having a bit of a dig at organised religion, but not even as much of a dig as I thought it would. Mm. I think. If anything, yes, you hit upon the message pretty well, where you're saying, yes, I mean, this is a form of worship, and and you need to follow these rules to some extent, but also be nice to each other. That is the whole point of it. Um, and I that did come across in the film. Yeah. Um, and I I appreciated it, enjoyed it for that. Um, I, it's just the comedy aspect that fell flat for me, and I don't know. I that may have on another day, I may have enjoyed it a lot more. No, mm. I can't imagine what day I would have enjoyed Jane too much. <laughs> I, I did feel that at, at times I, I, w- I was going on the momentum of the individual scenes and the characters were moving between them, not because they had a reason to particularly, but because the plot said they should, uh, particularly in the first half. Yes. Uh, it's interesting because you said it was similar to um, Magnolia. Um, but I feel in Magnolia that the plot wasn't as kind of driving force it was just a lot of disparate scenes almost stuck together yeah um, whereas here i agree the plot uh, uh, and you're you're right this this felt like the scene by scene moved a bit more quickly i, I just felt I mean, like ob- obviously plot... some of those scenes are a bit naff but yes yeah well there weren't any well maybe they were in magnet um but uh the plot really did sort of force its hand a bit to the point where some of the characters felt i agree were pushed around by the plot rather than driving the plot. Yeah, that definitely felt a bit like that in Dogma. Uneven, I think Mm. I would say. uh, Uneven, but on the whole, I enjoyed it. Should perhaps mention Salma Hayek. It's not not her best role by any means. This is post-breakout, which, um, you know, outside Mexico was Desperado in uh, 95, I think. And and she'd been in a few things since then. Um, Not sure that she really needs to do anything much here? I, I, I think she's underused. I suppose without her, Alan Rickman would have had to do even more exposition. And yeah, feels like <laughs> the whole point of her. Um, I, yeah, I agree. She's underused because she's an interesting character, and I like, I like the idea of a, a non-classical white muse. Frankly, mm. you know, yeah. that's it. It's yeah. quite a diverse <laughs> cast. Um, considering we just come off Magnolia, which was. Entirely white actors. Um, we yeah. have a much more diverse cast here, um, uh, which I appreciated as well. I mean, I think he he does. Uh, I, I'm saying he because this does feel like an auteur film in that you know it's it's kind of dripping with Kevin Smith's preoccupations and his sense of humour and his his philosophy, um, and he, he does seem to be sort of a. a a caring, humane person. If the film has got anything, despite hmm. uh, all the cock jokes and the uh, the slaughter and everything, what uh, he, he's cost? also the sole credited writer. So, okay, so it, it seems fair, and he's, so he's acting in it indirectly. He, he feels the film feels surprisingly humane, uh, and not in a not in a kind of humans are sacred and uh, god orientated way, but in a. a well, almost a humanitarian way, I, mm. I felt. Um, 
which again I like e- ethically this film sat quite comfortably with me as well so yeah, yeah. so so the catholic league made a complaint and th- th- this of course is an argument against um big media ownership because it wasn't that they would boycott this that was the threat it was that they would boycott Miramax i.e. Disney uh, right, yes, and that was the problem. I mean, Miramax has got a whole ton of problems now, and, and one of the reasons I struggled to find this flipping film is that it's not available uh, on streaming anywhere, mm-hmm. um, uh, so I had to buy a, a, a hard copy, um, but actually that was cheaper than streaming. <laughs> so, um, so what was resolved at the end was um, Miramax Disney sold it to Lionsgate. Right, okay. So, yeah. It made no difference. It got a bit of extra publicity, which is, let's face it, what everybody involved actually wanted. So, well, how successful? Well, Kevin Smith actually went along to one of the protests, I think, and got filmed by a news camera protesting against his own film. Um, uh, Ten million budget, forty-four million box office. So, oh, so pretty really successful. Quite successful for him. Yeah, it, it feels like a. My idea of Dogma was that everyone hated it. I, I don't know why I'd got that idea. But I, when you suggest that, I thought, oh, I'd like to see a film that everyone thought they... But when I looked into it, that really wasn't the case. Like, most reviewers felt a bit like me, really, that they enjoyed it. Some thought it was funnier than I did, but a lot said it was a bit uneven. Um, but on the whole, it was quite a good film. Hmm. Yeah, so I don't know where I got the idea. It was, it was widely hated. Um, but it isn't. So that's an unhelpful opinion. Maybe it's not as important as it wants to be, but that's partly a sin. So, uh, speaking of sin, I, I, uh, it made a lot less fuss than when was the last temptation of the temptation of the Christ or whenever it was. I remember that being hugely controversial um, and uh, hated by the Catholic. I'm no intention of ever watching it. Um, uh, it 1988 film. That was uh, yeah, Martin Scorsese. Directing. Oh, so quite a bit later. Um, and... I mean, I, I, this, I feel like maybe it would have been a lot more controversial ten years earlier, but it, it okay. It didn't seem to have made a huge controversial ripple. Hmm. I don't think so, no. And I, I mean, I, no reason why it should be controversial. It's not really, it's certainly not blaspheming, whatever that means. But it's 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 not really got controversial things to say. It's just playing with. A set of uh, a set of dice that are risky to roll sometimes uh, because of uh, beliefs around them. But mm. yeah, I mean the the, the Vatican had uh, stopped the index of prohibited books in 1966 because there was there was so much modern literature it couldn't keep up. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why oh, that makes me feel proud of modern culture, which is not something I often say. <laughs> I must say the the thing that I think is quite important for putting this in in its uh, context, though, is the release date, which is just before, well, sort of before um, all the Catholic child abuse scandals are coming out. Oh, interesting. And okay. c- certainly I, I remember uh, in, in the 90s, if you took an interest, you, you might hear that, you know, there was this guy in Mexico or there was that guy in Austria, but that the overall framing was, you know, nobody really wants to talk about it, and it's obviously just, you know, one or two guys. And... It's just this, uh, oh, yes, this uh, isolated incident. And, and then, of um, course, the Boston Globe broke the uh, American thing in 2002. Yes. Uh, so I, I, my, my, about, I forgot about Yeah, so what, what I'm getting at, I think, is, is that it wasn't that nobody knew it was happening, but the general feeling was this is probably not 
the Catholic Church's major preoccupation, as it later well, turned out to be. It's interesting, and maybe that was why it was refreshing in the sense that nowadays, whenever you see Catholicism in a film or in a Catholic priest, they're usually creepy or weird or it's got something to say about child abuse. Or exorcists, to be fair. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, to be fair, which may not be the same thing. Um, but... It seems to be the narrative about Catholic, the accepted narrative about Catholicism, and it's interesting to see a film doesn't even vaguely touch on that at all, mm. and doesn't have anything to say about. It. Which you know, I'm, I'm not complaining about. I, I, it's nice to see a different take, um, uh, but that's interesting. You pointing out that this was before it was. Uh, I, I hadn't really connected the two, but yes, I think that's one of the things I found refreshing about the film that it said something different about catholicism because hmm. even george carlin's priest is not he's not an evil you know there's no suggestion of anything like that about him he's just kind of a uh, it's kind of comedy casting but his well, character is yeah it, it's kind of like those situations you, you get in some doctor who stories where um, you know, some, something is going along and, you know, maybe things are going a bit weird. And the doctor s turns up and says, you have no idea who I am, but there is this thing you've never heard of going on. And therefore you must do this completely unreasonable thing to fix it. <laughs> yes. And, you know, we, as the audience, you're supposed to, your sympathy is supposed to be with him. But I, I can't help feeling that, who are you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Alan Moore describes Doctor Who as a series of flamboyantly dressed child molesters. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't um, agree with that, but yeah. I am I, not a Doctor Who fan, so I'm always happy to believe it. Um, right. Um, okay. What uh, have we... Uh, sorry, I've de de derailed myself with Alan Moore thoughts. Um, <laughs> have you more to say about Dogma? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, there, there is a moment when Dead Bethany is very obviously twitching, but yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, well, it's interesting because Clark, you know, he was a very, um, uh, Tarantino-esque, um, very new director, except he was really amateurish in Clark's. It's like handheld filming and then very, uh. Well, that, that was uh, micro budget, I believe. Yeah, but here he, he uh, it just looks like a normal film to me. Hmm. Aside from those few uh, ticks, it's it's. I mean, Tan Mill is on the low end for a production at this date, but it's. I mean, there are some effects, but you could get this is you know, this is the early CGI era. You can get at least some of them done relatively cheaply. There's some slightly clunky, like wing unfolding CGI, and it's quite clear that that's different to the actual physical prop of the angel's wings. But hmm. it's not very. It's not very. Um, uh, it, it plays around. It has, you know, all good films can that they can work with what they've got rather than trying to show the transformation of Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, you really shouldn't. <laughs> uh, that's still scarring you, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Oh dear. Sorry, Mary Riley. Julia Roberts was great in it. I don't know. <laughs> she was great. Yeah. So, all right. Is this a masterpiece? Oh, I've been wrestling with this decision like my faith. Um, I, well, I suppose the criteria are, was it original? Was it um, influential? Or was it, was it, you know, a pinnacle of its form? I, I don't think it was a, a pinnacle of filmmaking, but it was very original, or it seemed to me. Um, I don't think it was very influential. Um, I'm gonna. I'm honestly. I'm gonna tick it for me. Just into masterpiece. 
Um, I, I think okay. it's... Okay, that's interesting, I, particularly given your, your initial reaction, because what, what I'm coming down on in the end is just outside. Just outside. <laughs> Perhaps I'm being a bit kinder and overcompensating for my initial reaction. <laughs> Perhaps I am. Uh, but I, I think for me... Yeah, I I could see. I mean, I I would. I I didn't know until I started talking quite where I was going to go. But I I think I am going to sneak it in. It's interesting that we're just on slightly opposite sides. But again, being a masterpiece, not necessarily whether we enjoyed it or not. Sometimes. Mm, I I think it was competently done. Uh, I enjoyed yes. it certainly. Uh, I don't think it was widely influential or imitated. I, th- I no, think that's where it's. That's fair to say. And do you think it was original? Ah, that that wasn't one of my criteria particularly. No, uh, fair con- enough. Consi- considering right. um, the Maltese Falcon brackets version <laughs> three. Okay, yeah, it's all in the execution, isn't it? Uh, uh, we would say. Though, I mean, as I said, um, people have been talking about angels and theorising about angels for a jolly long time. And we talked about good omens and uh, in nomine. Um Maybe so, it's Matt well, Damon and Ben Affleck push it in for me. Yeah, that that I, I think that those are the, they're the high points for me. Yeah, very uh, close. That, that whole boardroom massacre scene, maybe may just it. Yeah, yeah, that's. I again, it felt a little on the nose. I uh... the golden calf is a step too far, but the general. Yeah. Uh, without that, the whole idolatry thing would work very well. It doesn't yes. need it. Yes, yeah. I mean, obviously it couldn't be Mickey Mouse because at that time it was a Disney production, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty clear what they're talking about. Um, yeah, nicely done. Um, okay, well, all my, uh, I'm wondering about pulling it out back over the brink, but I, I'm going so to stand by original. <laughs> let's, um, let's leave it as it is, but um, we both... I ended up enjoying it, despite... Uh, I hmm. think, honestly, the first hour was more my failing than the film's failing. I, I um, would definitely recommend it to quite a lot of people, unless they were yes. especially humorless about their religion. Um, yes. I, I certainly know a number of Jesuits who, who almost certainly did enjoy it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. What, I'd appreciate about, what I appreciate most about it is that it's not just, you know, having a kick in, it's not, it's not just dumb. There's a bit more to it than both of those things, and it isn't really kicking... It, it, it's not so much religion is bad as humans are human, and he's yeah, got exactly, to work yeah. with that. I think the central message I felt I, I really appreciated, and maybe that's what's making me feel a bit more warmly about it. It makes me want to watch it again and see if I can enjoy the first a bit more, but I'll give it a bit. I'll give it a bit. Well, there we are. Thank you, Kevin Smith, hmm. for Dogma, which we broadly enjoyed. And way too many people used that title font for about five to oh, ten yeah. years afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't his fault. Isn't that in Nominee's font as well? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but there we are. That wasn't Kevin Smith's fault. It, it does seem to be your default. I'm writing something about actual religion, uh, actual, actual Christian religion. Um, or vampires. <laughs> well, there we are. We went through five atoms before we figured that one out. <laughs> 